This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app on the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully on today's episode, which is being dropped on the 29th day of April 2021. We're going to take a look around the league. I'm going to review some games. We're going to hear from some of the other Locked On hosts, and I'm going to address some of the rule changes that are going to be kicking around the Atlantic League. And quite frankly, some of them I kind of agree with. Some of them I don't. And I have a really, really, really stupid suggestion that could be a lot of fun and isn't any more dumb than putting a runner on second base to start extra innings. This show is available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you're staying at home as we're about to beat this thing We're so close, but let's not be dumb and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On MLB Pods. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So the final game of the day just ended, and that's the beauty of living in California is that it's not even 1030 yet. And all the games are over. The final game was San Francisco beating the Colorado Rockies in the three. Brandon Belt got another big hit for them. Now, look at the incredible thing about Brandon Belt is he's batting 219 with an OPS of 791. And yet every single time I check the giant highlight, he seemed to have a big home run or a big hit. So he must be really spreading them out pretty thin. Either way, uh, Alex Wood. Pitched very well again for San Francisco. He was a, quite a pickup. Uh, inexplicably tried to, what, was he trying to steal third? Was he trying to get the third out of pitch? I don't know. He was throwing out a third. Doesn't matter. He got the win. He's been wonderful for San Francisco. These are games that the Giants have to win if they want to make a dent, make any sort of uh, impact on the National League West race. Something that seemed like a long shot, but they're sitting here heading into the second last day of the month in first place, tied with L.A. Now, L.A. wound up beating the Reds, salvaged a game in that series against Cincinnati, and it was vintage Clayton Kershaw, seven shutout innings, struck out eight, and he, you know, how many pitches did he throw? He threw only 90 pitches, but he was lifted for a pinch hitter in the seventh inning because it was only 2 nothing at the time. The Dodgers did a dog pile on the Reds' bullpen, Uh, No sign of Sean Doolittle in the eighth inning. Dodgers scored six. They make it an eight-nothing victory, which was a game was a lot closer than the final score would indicate. Now, the Marlins beat the Brewers, and that means the Marlins are oddly creeping up the standings of the National League. They're only a game out of first place, even though they're two games under 500. Ah, the National League East. The Brewers loss, uh, well, they didn't really, it didn't really affect them that much because do you know who also lost yesterday? Everybody in the National League Central. The Pirates fell back to 300, as did the Cardinals. 
the Reds fell to two games under and five straight losses for the Chicago Cubs. And the Cubs just got the doors blown off them by the Atlanta Braves. And with a five-game losing streak for the Cubs, if this continues, the sale is going to happen relatively soon. Now, the Braves won 10-0. The Phillies won 5-3 against St. Lou, which included a scary hit-by-pitch of uh, Bryce Harper, who got hit in the face in a, uh, a, a pitch by – who the heck threw it? It was, it was uh, uh, Cabrera. Was it uh, Genesis Cabrera? That's exactly how I pronounced his name. He was part of the Cardinals team that wound up uh, getting to the league championship series a couple of years ago. Um, he, he was awful. He hit two batters and let up a game, a go-ahead hit. The Phillies are now tied with the Atlanta Braves on top of the National League East, and then partly because of the Mets, which will be covered later in this particular episode. And we take a look at the Padres. Remember, the Diamondbacks were starting to make a charge, and they were up to nothing, and then suddenly Manny Machado and company absolutely bombed the Diamondbacks bullpen. And what was a looked like it was going to be a tight game through four innings turned into a 12 to three blowout on the hands of the Padres. The Mariners had a lead late and then suddenly collapsed as the Astros uh, sparked by a four run inning. Diaz got the game tying single in the eighth inning. Astros wound up beating the Mariners. The Astros have now leapfrogged the Mariners in the AL West standings. That wonderful, beautiful start by Seattle. They're now in a four-game losing streak in a little bit of a free fall. And uh, that early good start may have been a little bit of a mirage. The Angels got a wonderful performance from their bullpen. They got seven solid innings from their bullpen and a big hit from Anthony Doan, and they wound up feeding the Texas Rangers four to three. And let's hear from some of the other locked on hosts to hear what they have to say about some of the games that took place in major league baseball on the 20th day of April. Hey, this is Jason Burke from locked on A's. The Rays beat the A's two to nothing today. Uh, it was basically Tyler glass. Now show he looked really, really good the entire game, but you know who else looked really good tonight? And that's Cole Irvin. He went six innings, gave up two runs, struck out a career high eight. So he's, he's just rolling. He's still rolling. He's like Jacob deGrom, who everybody's talking about tonight. Jacob deGrom gave up one run, and uh, he also got no run support. But why not talk about Cole Irvin slightly more in the broader scheme? Because he's also getting no run support. Uh, he's looked really, really good in every single one of his starts. The, the runs are going to come for him at some point. Or maybe they won't, just like Jacob deGrom. Uh, there was one problem that I had with uh, Bob Melvin removing Mitch Moreland from the game for Jed Lowry to start off the ninth inning. I feel like you could have saved that bullet, give Mitch Moreland a shot against a lefty, and then you could have Jed Lowry there to potentially pinch hit for 
Tony Kemp or Vimeo Machine later in the game when there were runners on base. The game got extended. The A's did not have another option to play these positions. So you had Tony Kemp and Vimeo Machine. Not bad players, but not the guys that you would want up in that situation at the end of the game. So uh, I'll be talking about all that on the podcast tomorrow. So make sure to follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app. And I'll talk with you guys tomorrow. This is Ryan Finkelstein, host of Locked on Mets, and we're going to keep this one short and sweet because it is the same story a different day. Jacob deGrom is awesome. The Mets offense sucks. And here we are. Mets lose 1-0, get, what, two hits. The Red Sox end up getting the sweep. This team has a day off tomorrow, and that's a long 24 hours to think about what just went down against the Red Sox before they play their division rivals, the Phillies, over the weekend on tomorrow's show. Luckily, it's a throwback Thursday. So going to talk about some past Mets and a little bit about what was another awful game to watch. This is Stacey Gotsoulias, the host of Locked On Yankees. And here I am reporting on another win by the Yankees over the Baltimore Orioles. This time, 7-0. And this time, their starter pitched seven full innings. After Corey Kluber's six and two-third performance last night, this means that it's the second time this season Yankee starters have lasted at least into the seventh inning. And it's the first time that it didn't involve Garrett Cole. And that's a good sign for the Bronx Bombers because they need their non-Garrett Cole starters to last and give the bullpen a break. And that's exactly what they did. On the offensive side, Mike Ford, Gio Rochella, and Clint Frazier all hit home runs. Frazier's was his first of the season. Giancarlo Stanton hit a ball, I think, 119 miles an hour that was actually fielded. I don't understand how that's possible. How do you field a ball that's hit that hard and not shake your hand? That's You have to have superhuman strength to do that. Anyway, I'll have the complete recap of this game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Yankees and a preview of the series finale against the Orioles, which is tomorrow afternoon, in case you didn't know. So tune in. Hey guys, this is Nash Walker with the Lockdown Twins podcast, bringing you a post-game recap quickly here before I record the podcast. You can listen to that, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to Lockdown Twins. Uh, Twins get a big win today, 12-2 over Cleveland to avoid the sweep, and Jay Happ was great. He's been great. Twins hadn't won since his last start, but he did exactly what was asked of him, throwing a lot of strikes, filling up the strike zone with fastballs. Twins spotted him a 4-0 lead in the first inning. Byron Buxton leads off the game with an opposite field blast. Josh Donaldson pulls one for a homer. Nelson Cruz walks, then Jorge Polanco hits a two-run homer. Great to see Polo with some power there out of the cleanup spot. Some people not liking that Polo hit fourth today, but he responds in the first inning with a two-run homer. And this offense was just fantastic all day. Mitch Garver, two home runs. Williams Ostadio had a home run. It was a home run derby out there in Cleveland. They needed this win at Progressive Field to turn the tides a bit as they look toward an off day Thursday, hoping to get Max Kepler back this weekend. He's been cleared, as has Kyle Garlick. Uh, and this is a big opportunity this weekend against the Kansas City Royals to make up some ground and try to dig themselves out of this hole uh, in April. But great win for the Twins today. Byron Buxton, five hits. He's been fantastic leading the American League and leading all of baseball in Fangraph's war wins above replacement. He's been great for the Twins and, and certainly their MVP here in what has otherwise been a really tough April. But big win for them today. Offense looked great. Jay Happ was great. All around awesome. Randy Dobnett closed it out uh, nicely. And the Twins look forward now to a big series with Kansas City at Target Field. Follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow the show at Lockdown Twins. This episode is brought to you 
by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me or other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'm going to be hosting a Locked On MLB room later this week, and you can join in the conversation and you listen here every single day. Go download the free Locker Room app currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the Locked On MLB group for the latest league updates. You can follow me to be notified when my room goes live. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm going to be planning to do it later this week. We're going to be talking about some of the rule changes and some of the other stuff going on in baseball. See you there. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk about sports. Hey, it's Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. How you doing, man? Doing good. How are you? Well, you know what? I'm having issues with my car, and I need to get some stuff to make sure it runs better. So do you know where I'm going to go to get my stuff? Yeah, I go to rockauto.com. That's really right. Well, let me. Rockauto.com is great because unlike chain stores that have different price tiers for professional mechanics or do-it-yourselfers like us, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. They're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the markets will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody. There's no requirement for a membership or an account login. And the catalog is unique, man. They've got remarkably easy-to-navigate catalog for anything you need. You want engine control modules, Ethan? Do you need an engine control module? I don't think so. I mean, if I ever do, I already know where to go. Well, guess what? I don't even know what one is, but I might need one. You can get brake parts, (laughs) tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, everything you need. In a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. Go to where? Where do we go? RockAuto.com. You got to find the jingle. The jingle is really nice. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Auto.com, rockauto.com. All right, I've had a couple of people ask me about my thoughts on the Atlantic League rule changes that are going on. And for those of you who don't know about this, the Atlantic League is an independent league that, for whatever reason, is working with Major League Baseball as kind of a guinea pig league. And quite frankly, I think it should have a name like that. It should be called like the Experimental League. Tell me you wouldn't be interested in watching the Experimental League where they're trying all sorts of new stuff. The Atlantic League is unaffiliated. They have teams in Long Island. They've had teams, a bunch of teams in uh, North Carolina. Uh, I'm really kind of mad that they no longer have a team in Bridgeport. Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is the home city of both of my parents and virtually everybody I'm related to. And they had their wonderful team that played in the Harvard Yards in Bridgeport, but that team moved to High Point, North Carolina, where they're now the High Point Rockers. Not sure what a rocker is, but by the way, one of my favorite baseball team names ever is the Gastonia Honey Hunters of the Atlantic League, but I digress. They are going to be experimenting with a couple of rule changes to see how they play out. The whole ghost runner on second base in extra innings, which I think is jaw-droppingly stupid and takes all the fun 
out of extra innings. I actually hate seeing games going into extra innings now, which is a bad thing. That was experimented with there. They're going to be experimented with a couple of other things. One is moving the mound back. Congratulations. That will achieve a grand total of nothing. If you want to increase offense or you want to basically speed up the game, that's kind of what we want to see, right? We want to see the game sped up. We want to see the pace of play become faster. Well, then you have to do some of the things that needed to be addressed. And I talked about last week. And quite frankly, you can't talk about pace of play and not address the fact that what baseball has even to is a sport where the things that slow down the games are being embraced. You don't have a running game anymore. You have batters grinding out the counts to three and two. You have, you know, walks and strikeouts, which are the two plays where there's no action in a walk. There's no action in a strikeout. Yes, it's a glorious thing when someone strikes out a batter. It becomes less fun when virtually every single game is double-digit strikeouts and the people are out there just sort of with their, you know, blowing dandelions in the outfield. And by doing all the shifts and everything like that, all very smart, but it means fewer balls get into hit into play. You know, you get fewer balls that are get out of the infield and you don't have a lot of action. You get a lot of ground outs and you get a lot of situations where the offense goes down, but you also have the game grinding to a halt. No one's stealing bases. Nobody's dropping down bunts. You're constantly bringing in other pitchers. So moving back the mound a foot or two feet or whatever they're going to wind up doing isn't really going to get anything done. That doesn't address the issue. And it's my least favorite kind of solution, which is a solution that creates the illusion of a solution. We're trying this. Yeah, but it doesn't address the problem. Now, the whole idea of having the double switch DH is something that I will listen to. The concept of this is when a team is a designated hitter, they lose the DH once the starting pitcher is taken out of the game. And this creates an incentive, especially if you have a difference making designated hitter. Some, you know, if you had, you know, Ortiz or Edgar Martinez or Frank Thomas or Harold Baines, some of these people who are really a difference making designated hitter on a team, you don't want to lose them. You don't want to drop them out of your lineup. So it forces you to say, all right, let's, uh, Squeeze an inning or two out of the starting pitcher. Uh, I'll listen to that. I will listen to that. Especially as someone as I've been against the universal DH because I like the game with a designated hitter. I grew up with that. But I also like the fact that there's a league where there's the pitcher's bat and you have to have the strategy around that. There are two different styles of baseball. I've said before, I'll say it again. If there's a universal DH, then there is no difference between the American League and the National League. And if there's no difference between the American League and the National League, then realign. Realign. Make everything regional. Do it the way they do in basketball and in the NHL. If there's no difference between the American League and the National League, then have the four divisions, the North, South, Central, West. Boom. And you have the A's and the Giants and the Dodgers and the Angels all in the same division. You have the Red Sox and the Mets and the Yankees and the Phillies all in the same division. You do it that way because if there's no difference, then what are we doing? Why have a difference? That'd be just, it's just ridiculous. But if we're going to 
if we're gonna futz around with a designated hitter, I'm all for that. I'm all for anything that makes the manager say, oh boy, we better let this guy go in for a little bit more because then you're not yanking pitchers out in the middle of an inning because it may cost you Jose Abreu. And you can say to your pitcher, all right, gut this out. See what you got. See what you got. I enjoy that. Give it a whirl. I'll tell you something. I thought of this the other day and I wrote it as a joke. As you know, it's something that made me chuckle. And the more I think about it, the more I realize it's no dumber than Ghost Runner on second in extra innings. The whole key when you get into extra innings, the whole excitement is how do you get to the point where you're in extra innings and you get someone into scoring position in extra innings? And now they have it be there's no suspense for that. Everybody gets it. Everyone gets a participation trophy. And it's just to me makes me slump when a game goes into extras. And please win in nine. Please win in nine. Please be a real win. Nope. I've said before, I am 100% for having a tie after 12 because I, it really doesn't affect that many games. Not a lot of games go beyond 12 innings anyway. So I have a problem with the tie after 12. Well, one thing that was kicking around was the idea of maybe having a home run derby after X number of innings. And I'm like, I heard that. I said, that's so stupid. You're going to have a game decided on a home run derby? A game where sometimes you have some of these pennant races come down to one or two games down the stretch? Think about the teams like that in 20, what was it, 2018, uh, uh, where you had the Dodgers and the Rockies tied and the, what was it, the Brewers and the Cubs tied at the end of the year? were one extra win by the Cubs or one extra win by the Rockies and they're the division winners instead of going to the wild card game. You would have play-in games and all this other stuff. And imagine saying, oh, you don't have a play-in game because someone won home run derby. That's dumber than, than Ghost Runner on second. And so my joke came about when I first heard that. I said, I got an idea. If your team has a pitcher batting and the pitcher hits a home run, it's a walk-off. That's the end of the game. Pitcher hits a home run, you win the game. Automatically. Visiting team, home team, no matter what the score is, if the pitcher hits a home run, that's it. You you walk off the field, that's a victory. And I, I just thought that, I, I said that because I thought that was uh, just, you know, as dumb as ending it with a uh, a home run derby. But the more I thought of it, the more I realized what a weird wrinkle that would be in a game. Especially, and this is how my dumb rule, but now I'm gonna talk about it as if it's a real rule because today you are the perfect example of where it could be exciting. So we had a game where the Arizona Diamondbacks were losing big in the ninth inning and imagine if the Diamondbacks manager just looked down the bench and said okay Bumgarner come on up you got to swing from your heels and try to hit a home run and if he did then suddenly the Diamondbacks win 
It's a weird wrinkle, and it probably would never have any bearing in any of the games, but every once in a while, some moment where Rick Camp or Bartolo Colon winds up hitting a home run, boom, that's the end of the game. You're losing 10 nothing in the ninth? Well, just send three pitchers up there and swing from their heels. Maybe you'll steal a game. Is that really any dumber than Ghost Runner on second? And would make a really weird, wild ending to the game when you're like, okay, we're down, but you know what? Let's not go because Bumgarner could pitch and hit and maybe, uh, I don't know, slug one out of there. You know, the whole idea of position players pitching gave us a really wonderful moment today when Anthony Rizzo struck out Freddie Freeman and everyone was laughing and it was fun and sometimes a big blowout game can have something like that happen. I do think the team should be able to wave the white flag, but why not have the pitchers bat? Have them come out. Take your cuts. And have that be the wrinkle, kind of like you can steal an Uno win when you're playing the game Uno. Maybe it's a way you could steal it at the end. I don't know. I'm trying something out here. It made me giggle. Then I started thinking about a bunch of 10 nothing games. You're like, oh, there's no reason to watch this anymore. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're sending pitchers up to bat. They're going for it. It probably won't amount to anything, but give it a shot. It's a strange, dumb thing that popped in my head that I think they should experiment with in the Atlantic League. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action on Bet Online. This week has a ton of sports action on the go. As the NFL draft is on, the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-on bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is your online sportsbook expert. Promo code locked on. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price point. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy to that special person's life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a fantastic conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into their life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search for the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give them something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that they'll treasure forever, you're going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit here. I've been having a 
ton of tech issues with today's podcast. So what I'm just going to do right now is just wrap it up. Hey, I'm going to point out that Shane McClanahan is making his big league debut for the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm guessing he's going to be an opener against Bassett in what could be a playoff preview is uh, Rays versus the A's. Montgomery is going for the Yankees. Lopez is going for the Orioles. And what is a weird series? Matt Harvey dominated one of the games. Corey Kluber dominated another. And, well, the Yankees have moved past Baltimore, which I guess is step one of climbing out of the cellar as they try to win the American League East. The Phillies and the Cardinals, two teams are at dead 500. Of course, the Phillies are now tied for first place. Aaron Nola, their big Cy Young contender, is going for the Phils. Kim is going for St. Lou. The Mariners are looking to end this horrible slide, handing the ball to Kikuchi as Garcia is going for the Houston Astros. Astros, who started the season red hot, then went ice cold, are red hot again. It's funny how the season works out the way. The White Sox are going to be playing a doubleheader against the Tigers, Rondon, and Cease are going against Boyd and Mize. The White Sox are looking to make a run at the Royals. The Royals are idle. Actually, for some reason, I thought the Royals were playing, and I'm dead wrong about that. The free-falling Cubs are going up against the Braves, who are also at 500 and tied with the Phillies at first place. The Dodgers and the Brewers are facing off Bauer against Lauer. How often do your starting pitchers rhyme? Well, it happens today, and both teams are looking to get back to the postseason. Meanwhile, the Red Sox and Perez are going against Gibson, and the Rangers, the Red Sox, still are in first place and are looking to maybe widen their margin there. Meanwhile, the Rockies and the D-backs bringing back memories of the dramatic sweep that was the 2007 NLCS and also the wildcard game from a couple of years ago, Weaver going against Sensatella. So we got a full day of baseball that's starting here in California at 10 o'clock in the morning with the Yankees-Orioles game. Well, talking about rule changes and bouncing around a full day of baseball. This has been Locked On MLB for the 29th day of April, 2021. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.